the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Um, well, it's, it's, it's waning. It's, 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 it's uh, gradually getting less and less and less as far as, you know, as far as UM major sports, and then uh, and then boom, it'll start again. Yeah, we, we're officially, 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 officially in the offseason now uh, with Miami baseball uh, mm-hmm. kind of flaming out in their regional in Gainesville over the weekend. Um, doesn't mean the news is totally stopped, obviously. Uh, recruiting is in full swing this June is one of the busiest recruiting months I can remember uh, in the whatever four or five years I've been at this uh, covering recruiting. Uh, we'll talk about that in the second half of the episode. Um, it's pretty fun. I was like out at uh, a seven on seven camp on Sunday and on Miami's campus. And it was like kind of like things were back to normal. Um, like it felt like it would have felt like two years ago or whatever pre COVID. Um, so right. I think that's just some positive signs. But uh, let's start with baseball. Let's start with baseball um, because. An eternally frustrating Miami Hurricanes season uh, officially came to an end this weekend. Um, pretty much since the first week of the season when they took two of three in Florida, this team has been a little bit of a disappointment. And um, you know, even you talked to Blake James uh, after the, the season ended and, you know, he straight up said that the team underachieved, you know, said he has full faith still in Gino Damare, but, um, clearly this was not the season that Miami thought it was going to be in the preseason and probably not, uh, you know, after they took two of three from number one, Florida to start the year. And it's kind of funny that both those teams who had such team, I, I wasn't following Florida season quite as closely, obviously right. teams like both teams kind of obviously started the year with that, uh, high profile series and kind of went through disappointment all year long and, and both had it end uh, in, in pretty ugly fashion uh, up in regionals in Gainesville over the weekend. Yes, um, for sure. For sure, Miami. Um, and obviously... Well, yeah, Florida's on a different level with that 19-1 loss to USF, but Miami didn't make it a whole lot prettier the next day. <laughs> True. And and the Gators were, you know, the Gators were, were, were a national, they were a number 15 national seed yeah. out of Preseason like, number one, obviously. Preseason number one, and and then they got back number one. You know, and yeah. I, I think, and they were the thing is, um, you know, the Gators, they're like three hundred, about about maybe a few less than three hundred Division One baseball teams. That's a lot of baseball yeah. teams. And the Gators were were given by the NCAA the number fifteen seed. Um, so, you know, Miami was unseated as far as nationally, and um, they were fortunate to get the number two seed, although they had a, a, a you know, not a horrible winning record, um, but, you know, the Gators really flamed out. As you, yeah. They really did. And, you know, misery loves company. So I'm sure yeah. it was all the Gators. And, and the Knowles law didn't get through the weekend. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's Exactly. But the Knowles are going to take over for, I think, in maybe two years or maybe next year for the most, uh, they're going to take over Miami's uh, place in the record books for the most consecutive regional. Um, mm-hmm. So, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, 
you know, I, like I said, Miami won't, you know, won't be going to the College World Series again. Last time they went was 2016, you know, it's getting more distant. Um, and uh, they just, David, they just couldn't hit. They just couldn't hit all season. Um, just to end up with, I mean, you cover, you cover the Marlins. To end up with one player, one on their entire roster hitting over 300, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And, uh, in college baseball, for sure. Um, and, you know, the, to have, you know, a home run, the highest home run hitter is a true freshman, which is the good news, but Yohandi Morales, but, you know, 11. Um, it was just, a, they couldn't score runs, you know? So, and, and, to, and to go one for 20 with runners in scoring position, uh, you know, the, in the, during the regional and to have 15 runs in your final seven games. I know you wrote about that with the Marlins, how they're struggling. Yeah. You know, to have three extra base hits total in the regional. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not good. You need, they were supposed to have like really good hitters. They did have really good hitters return because of the COVID situation everybody got an extra year of eligibility. And, um, uh, so a lot, you know, a lot of guys came back and I, I really feel for some of them, uh, people like Alex Terrell, uh, who I guess was a fourth year, um, a fourth year sophomore. This was his fourth season. He had the extra yeah. you know, COVID year. He couldn't because the MLB draft last year because of COVID was only five rounds and it's normally 40 and they reduced it to five. Um, you know, no one was getting drafted. Yeah. Uh, and the other than the cream of the crop, like, and so Alex had to come back. He would have definitely. Yeah. He probably would have been in that like six to 10 round range. Yeah. He would have definitely. Oh, for sure. And, you know, and because in, definitely, you know, because in, well, in 2019, he was the ACC home run king with 24. And I think that's second all time for a single season by a UM player. Um, yeah, and he's such a great guy. I really, really like him. Very mature, well-spoken, uh, just a, a real team person. Um, and then he comes back and ends up hitting 264. And he hits seven home runs, including one in that last game, which was nice. But, um, you know, ends up with 29 RBIs. Uh, just disappointing. And now, and now when we move ahead to next season, you know, I, I asked Gino Damare what he asked in a one-on-one. In -on -one, we, we had a telephone call the mm -hmm. day after the game. And I, and I asked him, uh, what, um, what he expected, like what, what was going to be the, what's his hope now for next season. And he said one word freshman. Uh, so the, the freshmen this year were, were the, you know, were the strongest players. I mean, defensively, they've got an incredible defensive shortstop named Dominic Patelli. Uh, they've got, um, a really good, uh, young catcher um, coming up, Carlos Perez. Um, they've got 
Yohandi Morales was a true freshman and he, and he hit 284. He led the team in just about every batting hitting category. Um, 60 hits, 30, all of these were, he was a leader. 13 doubles. He led the team with 11 home runs, 45 RBI. I mean, he's really good. Uh, but the, the, they have a lot in their pitchers. They have some young, good pitchers. And I think Dino told me the recruits, of course, they never know who's going to actually sign. But again, I don't mean to digress, but now the MLB draft is, um, the MLB draft is this year is 20 rounds. Right. So it's cut in half from 40. So still not as many people will get drafted. It'll be interesting to see which recruits actually come in and baseball, you know, baseball is interesting because the guys can, uh, and the guys returning David, the, the, the veteran guys, um, now deciding to return, they all got an extra year, so they can they can come back. Everybody in the team, except for I think Ben Wanger, can can return. If I mean they're allowed to, they're eligible to. That doesn't mean they're go, they're not going to. Um, it'll be interesting to see who comes back, who doesn't get drafted again. Do they just sign you know contracts anyway, or and and what happens with Miami's roster because. Uh, the normal roster is 35 for the NCAA for baseball, and they made it unlimited this past season. But Gino Damari, I think wisely, kept his at 35 because some teams had 50 players, and it's impossible. People didn't get a chance to play. Um, but the NCAA, I think they're going from unlimited to 40 guys limit for next year. Gino's going to still keep it at 35, but what that means is, you know, at a certain point, it's like, we talk about this with football, there's going to be too many guys and, and, and what do you do? So um, he needs to get some hitters. I yeah. can't. I mean, I think if you, if you had said that uh, Yo-Yo Morales was going to like have the kind of numbers he had this year, 284 batting average, 874 OPS, led the team in home runs. Like you said, led the team in most offensive category categories if you like just said that was going to happen in the preseason you were I mean you would have yeah. probably thought this offense was going to be incredible but um or, or the opposite <laughs> well yeah yeah well because you I mean you don't expect Alex Terrell to, to fall off the face of the earth and have a OPS under 850 you don't expect Adrian Del Castillo who is supposed to be a top five pick to uh yeah a, a sub 400 slugging percentage and you know those are yep. like the stars of this team totally underachieved in the end. And, and like you said, it, the freshmen yep. give you some, some hope for the future, but um, you know, this was kind of supposed to be, that's why this was supposed to be such a good year, right? It's because you had still the Torrells, Del Castillo, um, you know, you had the, the core offensive guys, Anthony Villar, and then you were kind of bringing up these young, really talented guys that you didn't totally know what you were going to get from them. You had high hopes, obviously, but you didn't totally know what you were going to get. Um, but that was going to be okay because you had these vets, and ultimately the vets were the ones who uh, kind of submarined this team just by, by not being what, you know, not what they expected. I, there's no yeah. way they could have expected these kind of, especially for Terrell and Del Castillo to have these kind of years simultaneously. Oh, for, 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, now, actually, I, I think that I really, really like the UN baseball fans. Um, they're, you know, they're like, in, it's kind of, I, I, I don't want to say it's a niche sport. Yeah, but it's, it's a niche sport. It is? Okay. Especially compared to <laughs> the other sports down here. Yeah, I, I, it's just that their fans are so loyal. I love the fans. I love it was a bummer that I couldn't go to games, you know, that they, they wouldn't let the media, the writers yeah. actually go to games. Um, but I, I did watch the games, uh, you know, on my computer or, or when they were on TV, on TV. And um, the, you know, the fans are, are always great, but of course no one was allowed in this year, basically like, I think, I don't know, a couple hundred or whatever, whatever they let in 600. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but um there, you know, there, some of them already were talking about fire Gino, fire Gino, which always happens, right, David? Yep. Coach, I, you know, fire Gino Damari. Gino Damari just finished his third year of a five year contract. Um, the first year was 2019. UM got to the, got to the regionals in Starkville, a very, very tough regional against a really tough national seed. Uh, Mississippi State and then UM I think lost in their fourth game to Mississippi State in a in a real thriller um of a game and okay I'm you know and they did have Terrell and um whatever I to me that's okay that's a pretty good first season then yeah. you got 2020 they finished 12 and 4 they finished as high ranked as high as fifth in the nation they call the season off um, and they, they had everything to hope for, everything, you know. Uh, and, of course, you never know what was going to happen, but they were looking good and they were hot. And um, so what you can't blame Gino for that. Uh, and then this year was the disappointing one. This year was disappointing. But, I mean, you uh, to me, I, and I know Blake James agreed, he said, yeah, he said he underachieved because that's he said he agreed with what Gino said. I actually asked Gino that night after the game um, how he would assess his own performance. And he said the one word underachieved. And I thought that was very well said. Yeah. Um, honest. Um, and then and then Blake told me the same thing. He agreed. But that yeah, he, he, he needs his two years. He needs that five years to get it together for sure. Um, he's been with the team for over 20 seasons or 20 well, for a long time. He played with the team and was a star. That doesn't mean that's not a reason to keep him, but, um, he's a very, he's a real smart guy. He knows in our phone conversation, he said, he knows he has to do something different. He has to do something yeah. different the hitting because whatever they've done didn't work. And I know you did a story, um, previously, uh, on there, I think was it two years ago or something? Yeah, on the hitting, they were doing some cool stuff with hitting. I don't. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was a year ago, but yeah, yeah. But maybe it was a year ago. Maybe it was a year ago. The the it, it, you know, Gino was the hitting coach for a lot of years, yeah. and then became uh, Norberto Lopez. Um, I think. Oh no, maybe he's not the hitting coach. Yeah, I think he is the hitting coach actually. So um, they got to do something different. They've got to do something. They've got to shake it up a little. And now Gino's going to have to fit. He has a, because the last thing I want to say is because the draft 
is um, in July. Yes. And what is it? The 9th to 11th or something like uh, that? Something like that. I know it, it ends 11th, the day of the All-Star game this year. Like the 11th to 13th. I think it's the 11th to 13th, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think so. Um, it is um, it really is late. later. Yeah, much later, later than it is. I hate that in college baseball, the draft was always during the World Series. I really yeah, hate it. It's so dumb. I mean, a guy would, it would be during the World Series or doing the, or like right before the World Series. Usually it was during the College World Series. Some guy would be going up to the plate to hit and find out he got drafted or whatever. And a fan would like yell out something or some stupid thing. I just uh, horrible. So Major League Baseball has really tried to uh, work with the college level more than ever. And the bad thing, though, about having the draft so late this year is that people like baseball coaches like Damari won't even know um, the situation, (laughs) you know, with with some of the players and with especially some of the recruits, the signing class. So... uh, I, it's he has a he has a big job ahead of him. Yeah, we saw Miami make pretty good use of the transfer portal this year in baseball. Um, yes, I wonder, I wonder if that's gonna like pop up as a bigger thing across baseball with the later draft, and you know, a team might wind up with like three fewer guys than they expected after the draft, or or three yeah. more guys than they expected after the draft, and and obviously baseball being a spring sport, it gives guys uh, a little bit more time to. Um, transfer and find their home, even if it means they're going to miss fall ball or whatever. But um, I don't know. It's obviously going to vary team by team based on how you, how the draft plays out, but it kind of feels like um, we might, you know, it, obviously it's never going to get as much publicity as football or basketball, but it doesn't feel like the, the transfer portal is going to maybe have some importance and some more importance in college baseball here uh, in the next few years. If, if this is just the long-term plan with the draft. Yeah, uh, 100%. I, it definitely will. Miami, just like in football, okay, they make the most out of their transfers in yeah. football. For, first of basketball, all, people, too. I mean, basketball was kind of the originator of it in, in South Florida. That's right. At, at UM. Yeah, and, and, and in baseball, people want to play in Miami. Why not? I mean, the weather, it's perfect. I mean, it's the, the people you're surrounded by, the great athletes – um, but like Christian Del Castillo, <clears throat> excuse me, who had the highest batting average, 369, um, the bro- older brother of Adrian, he's, um, you know, he, he was a transfer. Yep. I think from Seton Hall. Yeah. But, you know, they had, they had, um, yeah, they, they, Ben Wanger. Ben Wanger was the other big one. Yeah. Transfer. He can't come back and he was good, you know, but then he hurt himself and had to have surgery and was out for most of the year, a lot of the year. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Christian Del Castillo, I, I, I mean, you know, they have to, he, his name isn't a big one when it comes to the draft. Um, even though he does everything right and he's super smart, I guess his, his body is, isn't, you know, like a typical major leaguer or whatever. Um, but we'll have to see what happens with him. But he also was, he's also played, I think, five years. Now he's allowed to come back, by the way. He, yeah. he just like in football, he can, he, he can have that six year if he wants to. Uh, but who knows? I, 
I don't know what's going to happen. You know, his brother is gone. Adrian's gone. Yeah. There are some other guys that can come back. You know, Tony Jenkins, who just horrible, got hit 163. He might be a guy. I don't, I'm not, I don't know anything. Okay. As far as who's transferring, but he could be the type of guy that could transfer. He's not going to get drafted. Um, And I don't think, uh, so there could be some guys that have been around that, actually were pretty good players that didn't do well this year that could that might think you know what I don't have a future here so anyway that's baseball I'm gonna miss it I don't know I love baseball I know it's not the the a major or whatever sport to football fans but I do I I like it and I'm already looking forward to next season yeah yeah I think the combination you know the Miami is always a, a team that probably should like have a promising future because of the level they recruit at. Um, yes. I think they're in that same position still, but next year, um, you know, as you kind of said, like Gino knows something's got to change. Um, who knows if that'll mean, uh, you know, baseball is obviously unique with the coaches where it's like, um, you know, it's not like you have uh, what set, like you can get like volunteer coaches and stuff like right. that. Like it's, so who knows how they'll shake it up. If, I, I would think they'll shake up something, right? Um, well, I don't think they're going to – I okay. I'm not um, saying they're going to fire the hitting coach or anything right. like that, but, but they could right. bring in a volunteer or sit like, you know, there, there's ways in baseball to add coaches uh, right. that you can't really do in other sports necessarily. True, and I think I, – I, I don't think they're going to um, – Gino's – it's not going to fire anybody. So I, I, you know, um, it just depends what they may, they could shake up, they could change position coaches as far as they could mix and match. I don't know, yeah. but um, they do have to, they do have to come up with some kind of solution. <laughs> Quickly. All right. Uh, let's wrap things up with a little bit of recruiting talk. Um, that's, hey. I think, the big story uh, around the uh, University of Miami these days. Obviously, last week, the dead period ended. Um, they got a lot of guys onto campus, had their first official visit weekend last weekend, and, and now they have a huge one um, coming up this weekend. Uh, last weekend, able to get uh, a couple important recruits on campus. A lot of defensive backs was kind of what stood out to me. Um, Chris Graves from uh, Fort Myers Bishop Faroe visited once last Tuesday for their uh, cookout. The first day, the dead period ended, and then was back on campus for an official visit. Uh, I have no inside info here, but he kind of feels like the next guy who could commit to this uh, recruiting class to me, just based off like talking to him and and knowing, um, uh, you know, how, how Miami kind of feels. Um, Obviously, they also got a couple out-of-state guys uh, on campus. Jordan Allen, a defensive back from Louisiana. Uh, Traquan Feagans, a top 100 uh, cornerback from uh, Oxford, Alabama. Obviously, just kind of good to take your first swings on those types of guys. Um, get Malik Agbo, a four-star tackle. It seems like his visit went well. Um, yeah, so first weekend, I think – or first week, I think, uh, Miami seems pretty happy with it. Um, got uh, Shamar Stewart on campus a couple times, and, and 24-7 sports uh, kind of reported that his 
LSU was kind of the presumed leader for him for a while. That's a five-star defensive end from, from Monsignor Pace. Uh, and uh, after that visit, some crystal balls shifted off LSU and, and to Miami. So it seems like that LSU visit did not kind of lock things up, obviously, in, in a way a lot of people thought it might. Um, right. So I think I think Miami's very happy with the the first week of recruiting, and now they have a huge one coming up this weekend. For sure, and um, I think they're just like just overjoyed at being able to see. Oh people. my god! Yeah, right. I you're the, I just they're so happy, and I you know I I I wrote a story. I posted a story on Thursday um, regarding Andy Vaughn, the d- director of player personnel for UM spoke on, on the radio on WQAM. And he was so excited about uh, the dead period ending June 1st and all the, you know, even in the week that they've had all these events, um, he said they were so successful already and uh, everybody was buzzing around and um, uh, he, he loved, they, he, he talked about the, the two unofficial uh, events that they had Tuesday and Wednesday and the, the camp on Wednesday and official visits last Thursday. Um, and then, you know, uh, other camps going on this week, uh, you know, he, he said that it was just, it was really invigorating. It was great. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're psyched. Um, and I mean, right? Thumbs up. I mean, yeah. you were. I mean, like, yeah, like I said at the top here, I was out there on Sunday for they have like a seven on seven camp. Um, you know, and like Miami Northwestern was out there, Miami Central, uh, Booker T. Like it was like kind of all the, the who's who of like the Miami uh, public schools. And I mean, it was like you could just get that the feeling you were saying that Andy Vaughn was talking about, like you just totally got that out of the weekend um, where it was, um, you know, they had so many of these, these guys, like, especially like, you know, the coaches, like the coaches of the high school teams and the college coaches, like, you know, it was, it was like a, almost like a big reunion, right? These people haven't seen each other in person exactly. like for exactly 18 months, uh, you know, um, Kevin Beard was out at the camp working it as a Toledo. You know, they, they always bring in coaches from other schools. So Kevin Beard from Toledo was out there. Um, Ephraim Bondo was there. Uh, Utah State uh, working the camp also. It was just like, you know, it was, it was just kind of like you could tell everyone was so happy to like just kind of be back to, to, to normal. Like it really felt normal. Obviously, like some people were wearing masks and stuff out. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it's an event outside and – um, you know, it, it really felt pretty much normal. Yeah, he said, Andy Vaughn talked about it. It's seeming just like a family reunion. Like you said, it, mm-hmm. it was seeing everybody. Um, and, and he talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the recruiting. Obviously, he's not allowed to name names or specifics, but um, that, uh, you know, <laughs> he was asked who, who the go-to guys are for UM in recruiting. And I thought the funniest thing that he said was that Gil Frierson, Gilbert Frierson, um, the UM striker, he's, he's, we, we probably retired him a little, a little bit because he's getting older. Uh, I think his success rate was pretty high. Um, It's hard not to smile and have a good time when you, 
with Gilbert. I just thought it was funny because all these kids seem kind of young to me, but um, he is getting older. You yeah. know, he's, he's already, I think uh, this is his fourth year. Yeah. He's, it's amazing to me. Right. He did. It seems like he's, he just got in. Um, but he said that Andy said that the, the freshman again, like Gino was touting the freshman, right? Andy Vaughn was saying the freshman class, uh, you know, the Jake Garcia's, the Leonard Taylor's, the James Williams. He says, are you going to tell Jake Garcia, Leonard Taylor and James Williams? No. <laughs> right. So um, he said that they're incredible. They're still, they have great camaraderie and they're uh, working hard to do, do the uh, recruiting, a lot of the recruiting, just like the kids well, I, I bet it was that, that class really recruited Jake Garcia, right? Heavy duty. They've worked, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a little different with last recruiting cycle where, right, where like these kids, like Jake Garcia never took an official visit to Miami. So it was a little bit different. Right. Um, where I think actually like James Williams was probably like the biggest uh, recruiter Miami had of, of Jake Garcia. But yeah, I mean, you definitely see that typically like the class ahead is a lot of times the ones like kind of recruiting. Like, I, I don't know if any of the like brand new freshmen, ho- like I don't think they usually host on official visits. Right. Because like they've just moved in, like, what are they going to show? But like, no, but they're, but they're, they're important in terms of like, they spend a lot of time very, with them. Yeah. They're key as far as social media yes. and talking to the guys and the, you know, Jake or yeah, they're, they, they are key, but you're right. As far as hosting. Yeah. They've got to get a nice balance on hosting. I will say a couple of the recruits I've talked to who were on the official visit this weekend did mention uh, spending time with Gilbert Frierson, though. Uh, So he's still, uh, even if he's not in official hosting capacities anymore, um, you know, I think he's uh, he's out and about. They know they know that people know he's a just a great personality and all that kind of stuff. That's really funny. Yeah, it's true. And and they've they've got to when they Man, I remember, you know, years and years ago when they'd have guys as hosts, sometimes it got a little bit, uh, a little bit dangerous. <laughs> they wouldn't always have the best guys host. And sometimes these kids would get in trouble back in the yeah. day, like a long time ago. They go to places they shouldn't go. They do things they shouldn't do. They surround the guys with, and, and it, I don't know if that still happens. I'm not that naive, but um, I think they're, they're careful. They're really careful now. They, at at least they're letting the guys know in no uncertain terms, what they cannot do. Yeah. I mean, I think it just goes with the the kinds of characters they recruit now, right? Like Miami is not really in the time that I've been uh, around the program has not had a lot of guys get into any really bad off the field stuff. So, you know, the, it doesn't like, seem like there's a whole lot of guys around the team that could host and you would be like, they're going to get in trouble this weekend. Right. Well, I, but you never know. Yeah. I was just going to say, you never know. You uh-huh. know. Yeah. It was also, it was good. To see. Yeah. They picked the right guys. I'm sure. Yeah. I was saying like, uh, again, going back to just being out around campus on Sunday, you know, the, at the like seven on seven stuff, the, uh-huh. The kids are always the referees. Um, it was kind of like, you know, a bunch of like guys who I feel like, you know, like I saw Jake Garcia, I saw Leonard Taylor, James Williams, like a bunch of the freshmen were kind of working. And it was 
you know, I'd seen a lot of them recently, like through high school stuff, but like, obviously like we've never kind of seen them around Miami's campus. And then it was kind of funny, like what looking around and being like, there's some guys who like I've never met before. Right. In person, like we've only talked to them through zoom screens, uh, yes. some of the players. So, um, obviously, uh, just hoping it's, you can get something like that, uh, in the fall. This weekend now coming up, uh, probably the biggest recruiting weekend they've had in, in a while. Um, I think they've got 12 official visitors lined up, probably the biggest one. Uh, Bear Alexander, who just commit, decommitted from Georgia, I think on Monday. And then within like 20 minutes of announcing it, basically said he was taking an official visit to Miami, five-star defensive tackle with an incredible name, obviously. Um, the good News for Miami this weekend, I think, is that their Jakari Brown is coming to campus for his official visit. Obviously, the quarterback who's locked in. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that they have him and, and Quan Lee, who's the other commit, a wide receiver, coming to campus at the same time they've got uh, Jaden Gibson, a four-star wide receiver from the Orlando area, Isaiah Horton, another four-star wide receiver, and um, Isaiah Bond, a uh, three-star wide receiver who's committed to Georgia and, and uh, pretty good friends with Jakari Brown. They play seven-on-seven seven together. Uh, I think Miami would really like to come out of this weekend uh, in a good spot with their wide receivers is kind of the sense I get. Um, and then, obviously, just bringing some other notable visitors uh, to campus. Jacoby Spells, cornerback at American Heritage. Cameron Williams, a uh, tackle who would make things very confusing if you could. Oh, no. Nice no. <laughs> But um, I think to me, like, they're trying to make a move with the wide receiver this week. Um, and I think just getting Jakari Brown onto campus, like, he's the leader of this recruiting class so far, even though he's no, not a South Florida guy. Um, I think just getting him around the, the program will, will be a, a positive for Miami this weekend to, to try to make a run at some of these, uh, you know, like I said, 12 recruits at least come in to visit um, and, and – about half of them are like blue chip type guys. So uh, really important weekend for Miami, even if they don't come out of it with any commitments, um, which I think is possible. I think we're still a little ways off from like the big commitment run of the summer. Right. Um, I, I think just this is the chance to like make a move with some of these guys, especially the ones who have never been to Miami before and might never be to Miami again before they make a commitment. Yeah. I it's, yeah, it's always important. I'm wondering about, um, about Bear Alexander, yeah, and he decommits from Georgia, uh, and then and then immediately afterward he announces he's you know taking the official to court. Yeah, that's definitely a good sign. <laughs> that's a really good sign. So, um, yeah, that would help. But it doesn't seem like uh, I'm looking at the weather now for this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the weather. I can't wait to get all those social media posts. From the rusty pelican anyway um wow it looks uh it looks like no rain well sunday 41 percent, but you know it, it'll be beautiful um bear alexander i mean that's the dt dts are very important defensive tackle right yes so, um and receivers doesn't seem that um seems like a, i know they have to, only the two guys committed and i receivers uh -huh. are but it just seems like receiver, receiver, receiver. Yeah, well, we we talked about this. I think the week Quan Lee, yeah, came in, right? That, that they just don't need. They probably don't need a whole lot of receivers in this class. Um, 
But you got to get one more, right? You got to that, – that is that is still a position with a lot of question marks, right? Like, we feel pretty good about these young wide receivers they have on the roster. But, like, right. theoretically, whatever receiver, they if they get a Jaden Gibson or um, – who's the other one I said is visiting? Oh, Isaiah Horton. If they get one of those guys, those guys are, are you know, in the mix to contribute right away. So uh, – yeah, and when you have a uh, and when you have your quarterback on campus, yes. like that's what you're trying to do, well, basically. Yeah, and also when you have, I understand it's that year's class, but when you have quarterback like Jake Garcia, yeah, you need to, you have to make sure you have some good receivers. Yeah, yeah. So to me, the wide receiver is kind of like the big overarching story of the weekend. But yeah, Bear Alexander, that's that's the uh, that's the money one, right? That's the one that uh, gets people excited. And I guess I guess Texas A and M is kind of considered the favorite right now. Um, but obviously like it's, uh, it is a good sign that he is going to Miami. Like, I, I don't think, you know, before he decommitted to, before this last week, I don't think anyone had Bear Alexander penciled into their mock recruiting classes. Um, you know, now he's obviously at least, um, you know, in the mix, you know, you never know what an official visit, if you blow a guy away, could change everything. And I think I think defensive end is a little bit more important in this class than defensive tackle um, because I think they're in pretty good shape with defensive tackle in terms of the depth and young depth there. But uh, like you said, I mean, you can never have too many awesome defensive linemen. Yeah, you just can't have too many players named Cam Williams. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the recruiting class, and they got Jalen Harrell. They were also recruiting. So Jalen Harrell is from Champagnat down here in in Hialeah. Um, safety in that same recruiting class, they were recruiting Jalen Harrell, J A Y L E N, uh, a defensive end outside linebacker from I think Berkeley Prep over in Tampa. I think he wound up at Michigan, but I was like, they can't do that. You can't have two Jalen Harrells in the same recruiting <laughs> class. You can't have like a hundred people with the last name Williams, but I guess already you already got that. Yeah, I know it. I know it. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah, two Cam Williams, especially two linemen named Cam Williams. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, Cam, the one on campus, mostly goes by Cam. Hopefully, this one goes by Cameron, and they can make it a little easier. Oh my if god! They get him. Uh, as for the commitment wave, uh, Bud Elliott, I cite him a lot because he covers like the kind of recruiting trends really well over twenty four seven. He wrote, you know, basically an article. It's a lot of things we've talked about, but he has access to their whole database and can kind of look at the actual numbers and trends. Um, we're like way behind on just the number of commitments overall, like Miami, as we've said a lot, is not alone in not having a lot of commitments right now. Um, especially compared to last year where the real run on commitments basically happened in May and June. Um, like yeah. I said, every recruit I've talked to has basically been like, I need to take my visits in June. Wait for July. I, I mean, I still think, you know, maybe this weekend with 12 official visitors on campus and, and another camp on Sunday. And, you know, they had a couple, you know, Nigel Lee Kelly was on campus twice this weekend, defensive end from this week, defensive end from Dillard. Um, you know, maybe there's a commitment coming this weekend um, just with the sheer number of guys they've gotten to campus at this point. But I think for the most part, wait until July um, to see what this, you know, at the end of July, we'll have a much better idea of what sort of shape this class is in. Cause I think in the first two weeks of July, basically once, you know, paradise campus, we've said a lot is uh, that last weekend of June. Um, right. And then the dead period, I, I think is like ends basically that Monday, maybe, 
or, or Wednesday, maybe the last day of June, or, or the dead period starts again, I should say. Um, in July. It's, yeah. I think it's July, it's dead. So. Yeah, it basically runs through July um, until like the start of practice. That is going to be the, the period of time when, when most of the commitments happen. So, um, and, I, and David, I, I've said this before, but um, I, I really think, obviously they, they want to get some commitments, but I think when it's too early, it's really bad. Well, uh, this is another interesting thing that, that, um, that because, 27 because, article mentioned is um, right? with, you know, everyone's roster is still massive right now. And the, you know, they're, this year was obviously crazy for the transfer portal. Next year is going to be pretty close to as crazy. So I think recruits, you know, it, it sounds like college or high school coaches are, are still expecting like way fewer um, scholarships to be out there. Like Miami, you know, we're used to a Miami recruiting class in recent years being 22 kids or whatever, basically plus three or four transfers. Like, you know, it could be closer to 18 or whatever. And so I think a lot of guys are, are waiting to commit. Um, but the guys are waiting to commit because they don't know what's going to be out there. But at the same time, also, I think Miami and everyone is is being slower to take commitments, not just because of what you're about to say with it's so early, but but because of like, why take a, a linebacker you don't feel great about, for example, if um, one, if, if you think you can get one in the portal at the end of the year, and two, if Alabama thinks they can get a linebacker in the portal, so they don't recruit a linebacker, and it's like the trickle down, right? Where like the Alabama quality guy winds up at um, Georgia or whatever, or, or or Miami, or you know, like it's just that trickle down where you know four stars could wind up going to schools that don't usually recruit four star guys, don't usually get four star guys because um, the the top tier programs are being more selective with the guys they take. Yeah, everything you're saying is 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 right on. It's it's kind of a new world yes. or, or a newer world. Yep, yep. We uh, at some point it'll probably start to normalize a little bit once these rosters gets back to normal size. But but for now, uh, it's a it's a world we are having to adjust to. We're navigating. Yes, we are navigating. That's a good word for it. All right, uh, Susan. I think we can wrap up there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at s miller degnan. Uh, check out her end of season baseball stuff uh, if you want. Uh, kind of see the full the full rundown of some of the stuff we talked about. And, uh, and David, oh, check out David David Wilson DB Wilson's um, George Smith story. Great. Oh yeah, yeah. You can check that out. Uh, great story. Yeah, it was a fun one to write. Uh, I love like the history of football in, in Miami, so it was like kind of fun to flashback to to the seventies before South Florida football was. Uh, was what it is today. Um, I've talked to him a lot in the past, and he's he's pretty interesting talking about that because obviously he was like kind of around for the Shula like football explosion of uh, of mm-hmm. Miami that, that's still like kind of lingering today. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. You can find that story there, or just check out MiamiHerald.com. Um, a little bit of a quiet time in the sports calendar, right? But uh, we've got a lot of stuff still. Marlins in action, yeah. Dolphins yeah. minicamp. So. Uh, and uh, like you, like you said, a lot of these features like that. Um, so thanks as always for listening, everyone. And uh, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>